thank you for this uh, blessed privilege and opportunity to stand and proclaim your word. In times like these, we need a word from you. So God, we pray now and ask that you would speak to us, that we would hear from you, and in hearing from you, we would become more like you. It's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Have you ever been at a place, a point in time when you needed help, maybe a helping hand, somebody to show up, do something for you when you needed them the most. Uh, one of the toughest times in life is when you need help and the person you depended on is in need of help. And it almost becomes a situation where the blind are leading the blind. Because you can't get done what you need to get done without them and they can't help you because of what they're going through. Uh, every now and then, God will allow you to get in a situation or circumstance where you need help, you need assistance, and God will show you in a very clear way that you can't depend on anyone else but him. And I believe we're in that place today. We're seeing people who are hurting. We're seeing people who are fearful. We're seeing people who are anxious. And the truth of the matter is, those emotions are flooding us both in and out of the body of Christ. And I believe this worship day, this, this day that the president declared would become the day of prayer. Uh, that, that this is a day for us to set aside time to be reminded of our faith and the importance of our faith in making it in our day-to-day -day walk. Uh, today, for a few moments, I want to talk to you from the thought, how to know you have the help you need how to know you have the help you need. Uh, I submit to you that many of us have been looking for help, but we've been looking in the wrong place. And today in the 121st division of Psalms, a very familiar passage, I believe God has a word of encouragement for us. If you have your outlines, would you say amen? If you need an outline, raise your hand and the ushers will get one to you. For those of you who are streaming with us, if you would download the I Am Hope app, go to your app store or the place where you secure apps, the I Am Hope app, you can download the app and download the outline there in a fill-in-the-blank form and be able to follow along with us. Uh, it's interesting because the 120th division of Psalms, the preceding psalm to the psalm that we're looking at today, is a psalm of complaint. But when we get to the 121st division of Psalms, uh, we find this psalm as a psalm of comfort and consolations. 
and it's, it's, it's as if the psalmist recognized that, that he needed to look to the Lord to find comfort and consolation for himself. And my brothers and sisters, there will always come a point in life, if you haven't gotten there yet, just keep on living where you're going to have to learn how to encourage yourself and how to find consolation in the Lord. There are four things in our message today. I'm going to share with you the first two today, and then we'll see how the Lord leads in the coming week. Here's the first thing you need to know if you are going to recognize you have the help you need. Number one, you must realize the source of your help is the Lord. You must realize the source of your help is the Lord. Psalm 121, beginning at verse 1, from the ESV translation reads, I will, or I lift my eyes to the hills, from where does my help come? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. Uh, most of us have memorized this verse in the King James translation, I will lift up my eyes to the hills from whence comes my help. The hills refer to those holy hills that surround Jerusalem even today. They are the mountains that would remind those who love God of the surrounding presence of God. But here's what's interesting. When you look at that B part of verse 1, from whence comes my help, in the King James, it is translated without the interrogative or without the question mark. Most translations today translate it with a question mark. In other words, instead of saying, I will look to the hills from whence comes my help, Properly, it should be translated, I will look to the hills from where does my help come? And somebody said, well, what's the big deal? Why is it important to ask the question? The question is really asked to give more effect to the answer. In other words, the psalmist wants you to know that even though your tendency would be to look to the hills for your help, if you are going to see the true source of your help, you must look above the hills. See, the hills were places where many times idol worship took place. And so the psalmist says, I need you to look beyond the hills and look to the God who created the hills. Look to the one who is above the hills. He says, so look unto the Lord, the Lord, capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D, the tetragrammaton, right? The self-existing one, the divine name of Yahweh that only appears in the Bible. This is the God who was in the beginning before the beginning began. He is the creator of the ends of the earth. He is the one who said, let there be and there was. He says, this is the God from whom we seek our help. Every one of us needs help at one time or another. The question is not, will you need help? The question is, where will you look for your help? And, and one of the things that happens in times like these, we are reminded that our true source of help, 
our true source of peace has to be somebody bigger than we are. One of the things we're reminded of as we see this viral infection spread across the world, this pandemic affect all of us, we are reminded of some things that we may not have been aware of, but they were still a reality in the world. Here's the reality. We don't have enough doctors in the world to treat a mass pandemic if it spreads across the world. We don't have enough hospital beds to put everybody in if everybody got sick. Somebody ought to hear me in here today. We walk a delicate, fine balance between life and death, between sickness and health every day of our lives. And if you're looking to the White House to give you comfort, if you're looking to the CDC to give you comfort, if you're looking to the practice of medicine to give you comfort, your comfort will not last long. Please don't leave here thinking I'm discounting what the president will say or I'm discounting what the CDC has purported or I'm discounting what medical physicians do and their importance. But what I am saying is, as people of faith, our ultimate trust has to be in God. And that God will choose to use whom and what he will, if nothing else, to get our attention. Even as we were praying this week about whether or not we would have corporate worship service or would I just come in and record a sermon, pre-record it and stream it. We talked about the fact, and, and let me tell you where God led me. God led me to the place where I recognized both streaming and for somebody in person, they are going to get driven to God like they've never been before. Some folk, God's going to get their attention through this. That he's never been able to get their attention before. David says, since it's the Lord who created the heavens and the earth, it's the Lord who created the hills, we've got to look beyond the hills and everything on the hill and everything in the hill and look to the one who created the hills. He is the God of power, of wisdom, and of glory. He says, let's look at him as our ultimate source of help. Let's read Psalm 124, verse 8 together. Our help is in the name of the Lord who made heaven and earth. Ephesians 3.16, let's read it together. That according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being. 2 Timothy 2.1, you then, my child, be strengthened by the grace of that is in Christ Jesus. Be strengthened in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. I don't know about you. You, If you're like me, you might be a little tired. You might be a little weary. It's, it's, it's hard. I mean, let's be honest. It's, it's hard to even turn the television on and not get depressed. Right? E even, though, even though the reality is every year, 10 to 60,000 people die of influenza. 10 to 60,000 people die. But the way this has been reported, man, it, it's, it's depressing, y'all. Like, every, I mean, I've never seen an illness that said, three people now have contracted a disease. 
Wait a minute, four have contracted the disease. Six people now have contracted the disease. Five have died. It, you know what I mean? Like, I mean, it's like every moment is getting updated, and it just seems like it's getting worse and worse and worse. And we see the medical pro prognosticators who are saying it's going to get worse before it gets better. We're looking at what happened in China. We're looking at what's going on in Italy. And we're saying, oh, my God, what's going to happen here? Our faith must be strengthened in the Lord. Here's the second thing. You must realize the Lord is watching over you. Somebody today, I want you to leave here encouraged. Somebody watching, I want you to know that the Lord is watching over you. Look at verse 3, Psalm 121. He will not let your foot be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The word there for moved means to slip or slide, to stagger or to stumble. Um, physically, if you've ever been in this part of the world or if you've ever done any hiking, for example, especially if you have a lot of loose sediment and loose rocks, it is easy to stumble and fall. It is easy to sprain an ankle. It is easy to twist an ankle or sprain a knee or to fall. Why? Because it's hard to keep your balance when your feet are slipping and sliding. Um, I've had an opportunity, for example, to go hiking in mountains in Colorado. And I remember as I was going up these mountains, I thought, you know, I was in pretty good shape. I didn't have any problems or issues. But I discovered when you don't have anything to hold on to and the ground is loose, it's easy to lose your balance. And so I had to borrow a walking stick from somebody, not a cane, but one of those things that looks like the, the poles a skier would use in order to keep my balance to the best of my ability to walk up this hill that had loose sediment. Here's my point. The Bible says that God will not let your foot be moved. And I want you to know God is concerned about you having stable steps, not just physically, but spiritually, because here's what God understands. It is even easier for your foot to be moved spiritually, whether the move is manifested mentally, emotionally, or physically. In other words, your feet can slip any time in your spirit if you're not careful. For somebody, your feet have slipped, your faith has waned. For somebody, you just haven't felt as as, as, as fit, you haven't felt the vim, vigor, or vitality in terms of your faith in God. You may be questioning some things that you didn't question before. You may be wondering, God, what is going on? And the Bible says that the Lord is able, when you keep your eyes on him, the Lord is able to keep your foot from being moved. But watch what he says. He will not let your foot be moved. Look at the B part of verse 3. He who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. That, that word keep, shamar in the Hebrew is, a, is an interesting word. First of all, it appears six times in these eight verses. Six 
times in this psalm alone. There's a basic principle of hermeneutics called the law of repetition. And whenever you see something repeated multiple times within a short prescribed period, it means it's important. It's something that you better learn, that you better get a handle on. And basically, here's what the psalmist says, the Lord is a keeper. The Lord will keep you. That word keep means literally to guard, to protect, to take care of. Uh, to watch out for, because here's what the, the psalmist wants to communicate to us. Those who were pilgrims during this day and time, those who were journeying during this day and time, one of the things that they were concerned about was safety. They were concerned about being safe, both in terms of their walking and sojourning, so that their foot would not slip, but also they were concerned about being safe in terms of marauders and robbers and others who would seek to do them harm. And when people would travel in dangerous places and there were more than one of them, they would literally break up the night to keep watch to make sure there was somebody if they were attacked that could get off a shot or throw a sling or an arrow and during this time period could warn everybody else and wake up everybody else. Watch, watch what God says. God neither slumbers nor sleeps. God says you don't have to watch your back because I got your back. God says, you don't have to stay up worrying all night because I'm up all night. God says, you can rest and you can sleep because I am watching over you even when you don't have sense enough or have the ability to watch over yourself. Uh, any, anybody in here uh, ever, ever went to a hospital, maybe you was trying to watch over somebody or, or you were going to stay up all night with them, right? And, and, and you were there because your, your, your presence, you know, made a difference and you wanted to comfort them and you was going to keep an eye on them. And I don't care how well-intentioned you were, eventually you went to sleep. That, that's, just, that's just a part of being a human being. Some, somewhere along the line, you're going to have to get some sleep. But the Bible says God neither slumbers nor sleeps. In Mesopotamian literature, uh, the picture of a sleeping God is one who is unresponsive to the prayers of his people. Um, he, he doesn't hear and he doesn't respond to what you are going through. It, it's, it's what was described, write this down somewhere on your outline, 1 Kings 18. It's what was described when Elijah was on Mount Carmel about to do battle with the prophets of Baal. And the Bible says that 450 prophets from Baal were summoned by King Ahab, and they were there to do battle spiritually with the lone prophet of God who stood by himself, Elijah. And the Bible says Elijah told the prophets of Baal, let, let, let's see what's going to happen. Verse 1, it says something like this, how long will you, the King James says, halt between 
two opinions. One translation says, how long will you limp between two opinions? Make up in your mind, if God is God, follow him. If Baal is God, follow him. And we're going to have a showdown on the mountaintop. And, and Elijah told them, you pick the, 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 the bull that you are going to sacrifice. I'll take the one that you leave. I'm going to give you first choice. And then you prepare your sacrifice. And whoever's God, whoever's God responds by fire will be declared the God that should be followed. And the Bible says they prepared their offering and they did everything that they could. And, and Elijah started mocking them later on in the process. He said, cry aloud. He said, maybe, maybe your God is, is off somewhere having fun. Maybe, maybe your, your, your God is indisposed in the restroom. Maybe, maybe your, your God uh, is on a journey. Maybe your God is asleep and can't hear. But the text says, our God neither slumbers nor sleeps. You, you can rest because God is watching over you. I, if I don't leave you with anything else, if you don't leave here with anything else, those of you who are streaming, if you don't leave with anything else, I want you to leave here with the assurance that our God who neither slumbers nor sleeps is watching over you. Look at Isaiah 27, verse 3. I, the Lord, am its keeper. Every moment I water it, lest anyone punish it. I keep it night and day. Psalm 56, verse 13. Let's read it together. For you have delivered my soul from death. Yes, my feet from falling, that I may walk before God in the light of life. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 24 through 26. Let's read it together. If you lie down, you will not be afraid. When you lie down, your sleep will be sweet. Underline that. Sleep will be sweet. How many of you want sweet sleep? Lord, have mercy. Verse 25. Do not be afraid of sudden terror or of the ruin of the wicked when it comes for the Lord will be your confidence and will keep your foot from being caught. I don't know about you, but I'm so glad that I serve a God who is in the business of keeping me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm glad about it. I'm, I'm glad. And, and guess what? He didn't just start keeping me when Corona showed up. Have I got a witness in here anywhere? Somebody in here can testify he is in the keeping business. He has been keeping you through. He's been keeping you from. He's been keeping you despite of everything you've gone through. God has been keeping you. Oh, Y'all missed it. That was a shouting moment right there. Because when you look back over your life, if you think things are tough now, I got news for you. This is not the first time you've gone through some tough times. This is not the first time you've gone through some things you didn't understand. This is not the first time you didn't understand or didn't have the ability to protect yourself. But how many of you can testify even though you didn't know God knew? And even though you didn't see a way out, God made a way out. 
my soul, but God will keep you day by day. Yes, yeah, yes he will. He can keep you from many dangerous toils and snares. He can keep you from enemies that want to destroy you, but he'll keep you through so many times in my life. I've had to go through what I wanted to get out of. But God said, no, stay right there and I'm going to give you a testimony. What I don't get you out of, I can walk you through. Somebody can testify even in your life that God is able to keep you through. He can keep you in the midst of because he's a very present help in the time of trouble. He's the source of my strength, the joy of my life, and I will trust in the Lord. Yes! Come on, y'all didn't come out here to look cute today. You could have stayed home and looked cute. You ought to give God the praise. You ought to give God God's will is but I know I'm going to trust him I don't know what tomorrow will bring but I know who holds my tomorrow hallelujah hallelujah oh shoot we could have stayed at home and been cute I didn't come out here this morning and not give God some praise I didn't come out here this morning not to testify that God is good and he's worthy to be praised. Yeah! 
Yes, sir. Bars are still open, trying to help folk cope. Happy hour still going on, trying to help folk cope. And we gonna close church? Oh, no, no, no. No, no, no. If nobody else came, I was gonna be here this morning. Hey! <laughs> yes, sir! Yes, sir! Yes, sir! Yes, sir! Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Hallelujah. 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 Come on, let's just give God some praise. Let's give God some praise in this place. Come on, how great is our God? How great is our God? How great, how great, how awesome is our God? How awesome is our God? How many of you know our God is great? How many of you know your God is great? How many of you know your God is great? Come on, if you can stand on your feet, wherever you are, come on, let's give God some praise in this place. I don't know what tomorrow holds. I, I don't know what the mayor's going to say. I don't know what the president is going to say. I don't know what Corona's going to say. But I know what God has to say. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. How great is our God. Sing with me. How great is our God. Oh, see how sing how great how great is our God sing with me how great is our God oh we'll see how great how great is our God you know so many times in life can I tell you the mistake that we make our faith becomes reactive instead of proactive and what I mean by that is we waiting for the devil to beat up on us and here comes doubt and here comes fear here comes all of these tools of the enemy and then we've got to reclaim our faith instead of walking in faith watch this and when you walk in faith instead of telling God how big the problem is you start telling your problems how big God is. We start telling our problems how big God is. That we serve an awesome God who is worthy to be praised. Come on, everybody sing it together. How great is our God? How great is our God? Everybody sing me. How great is our God?
I'm, I'm convinced, and I've told you this before, that whenever we go through something in life, there are three things, at least three things that God wants to teach us. Something about ourselves, something about other people, and something about him. And, and maybe one of the things he's taught you is how quick you are to get scared. And how slow you are to have faith. I, I'm, I'm not talking about anybody except myself. I'm just saying. Because it's so easy to get amnesia and forget what God has done. Listen, God didn't just start keeping you. I mean, right, right, talking about God keeping me. He just uh, keeping me from this coronavirus. No, God didn't just start keeping you. God's been keeping you. All your life, God's been watching out for you. All your life, God's been making a way for you. Somebody in here right now, you can testify when you look back over your life and see what you have come through. God has been keeping you every step of the way. Glory to your name. Glory to your name. Glory to your name. But there might be somebody here that God has used this just to get your attention. To teach you that you're not big enough or smart enough and none of us are to handle life. Diseases come up in this world that we've never heard of, never thought of. We walk a delicate balance every day of our lives. And for somebody, it might just be God wants you to give your life to him. Everyone in here and everybody who's streaming with us, I want to ask you a question today. On a scale of 1 to 10, 10 being I know Jesus and the pardon of my sins. I've asked Jesus Christ to forgive me of my sins. And 1 being I've never asked the Lord. I'm not sure about my salvation. On a scale of 1 to 10, anywhere in between, what number would you give to yourself? Now, I've learned as a teacher, I never ask students to grade their own papers. But I'm going to ask you to grade yourself today. As you think about your own life on a scale of 1 to 10, in terms of you being saved, you knowing God, and the pardon of your sins, what would you give yourself as a number? 1 to 10. 10 being, I know I've got faith. I believe I die right now. I'm going to heaven. No question in my mind. And one, I'm on the other end of the extreme, on the end of the spectrum, where are you? If you're streaming with us, ask yourself that question today. And here's what I want you to know. If your answer is anything but a 10, then I want you to make it right with God today. 
not talking about church membership although church membership is important want to make sure you know you can be part of this church family on any level as God leads you because we want you to be part of a Bible teaching Bible believing Bible practicing church but here's what I want you to understand it starts with a relationship with Jesus Christ that's what it starts with and I want to pray this prayer of salvation for you I want to pray this prayer of salvation some call it the sinner's prayer it might be more appropriately called I want to be saved prayer because you want to make sure that you have done what the Bible commands the book of Romans Paul says if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead thou shalt be saved right it's important for you to understand that that salvation is not perfection salvation is an expression of the will the acknowledgement that you fall short and the acknowledgement that you need the grace of God in your life that you need to be washed in his blood and sealed by the spirit in order to make your relationship with God real. Scripture is very clear in John chapter 1, around that 13th and 14th verse. The Bible says he came unto his own and his own received him not, but to as many as received him by faith. Those who received him, they could become the sons of God. We're not born children of God. We are born part of his creation. But you have to express a desire to become a child of God, to be adopted into the family of God. And I want to give everyone an opportunity to do that. Those of you who are here, bow your heads if you will. Those of you who are streaming, I'm going to ask you to do the same and repeat this prayer after me. If you are at a place in your time, in your life, where you believe you are ready now and God is moving you to accept him as Savior and Lord in your life, I want to give you an opportunity to do that right now. It's really not that simple. It's not about church membership. It's not about how many times you come to church. It's not about what you wear or what you say. None of that is key. It's an act of faith. It's you confessing to the Lord your need for him and your desire to have him in your life. Let's pray. Dear Lord, I come to you as humbly as I know how. Confessing that I am a sinner. I have fallen short of your glory. And I have lived in a way. It's not been pleasing in your sight. Dear Jesus, I ask you to come into my life. And save me. I confess my sins to you. I ask you to forgive me of all my sins and make me your child. Thank you, Lord, for giving me this opportunity. Thank you for giving me a chance to tell you I'm sorry and to ask you to come and live in my life. It's in Jesus' name we pray.
amen. Come on, give the Lord a hand of praise today. Listen to me, if you prayed that prayer and you meant it in your heart, we count it as an act of faith and we believe you are saved by faith. You have now put yourself in the position to exchange your grief for his grace, to exchange your bad times for his good times. You have put yourself in a position to say, yes, for God, I will live and for God, I'll die. Come on, those who are part of the family of God, make some noise in this place. Give God some praise today. I want to encourage you to make your way to a church home. If you live in the Houston area, we want to invite you to come here. Wherever you are in your level of commitment, we can meet you where you are and help you get where God wants you to be. If you're outside of the Houston metropolitan area, we pray that God will bless you. And if you need some help finding a church, let us know. We'll be happy to help you as well. Come on, give God some praise in this place as you take your seat. Amen. 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 All right. Good hope. It's time for the offering. Amen. All right. We're going to do something a little different. I got a suggestion. We're going to do something a little different. Here's what I need. I need all of the brothers take a basket and go to every door. That's an exit. Amen. Amen. Just take a basket and stand at the door. And here's what I want you to do. First of all, let me thank our young people, man. Let me thank our millennials for challenging pastor to broaden our giving platforms. I want to thank you all so much. Man, those millennials, they were mad at me. They were upset. They were, man, Pastor, I don't carry cash. I want to give. I want to tithe. I want, Pastor, you, you, but you got to help me because I, you know, you, we can't. And I said, well, what's wrong? I said, well, we, we don't carry cash and we don't carry checks. You got to give. And I'm like, well, what about Givelify? No, no, we don't do we cash app. I said, okay. So we have six ways for you to give. Uh, you can give via Givelify. You can give via Cash App. Um, next week, Lord say, says the same. We'll be adding Zelle and uh, Apple Pay. Amen. Just want to make, hey, man, young folk challenging me. I'm like, well, I want to make sure I don't want nobody mad because they can't give the way the Lord is leading them to give. Amen. All right. Amen. Now listen, don't forget we are celebrating our 148th church anniversary. We're asking you to give uh, sacrificially for that 148th anniversary. I also ask you to be prayerful about tithing and taking on that challenge to try God and see this month before the sacrificial gift. We're asking you to be prayerful about it um, in celebration of the anniversary one two, three, four dollars, five dollars, whatever the Lord leads you per year as we celebrate our 148th anniversary this year. We're excited about the faithfulness of God to this church and ministry, and we're looking forward to God blessing. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to worship the Lord in giving. Those of you who are going to give electronically, we're going to do that now. Those of you who are not going to give electronically, we're going to let you give as we dismiss. So instead of passing the baskets and, and having, you know, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense, right? We ain't going to touch each other, and then we're all going to touch the same basket. <laughs> Somebody texted me that, and I was like, you know, you're right. We're all just going to pass the same basket, but I ain't going to shake your hand. I'm going like this, and Wakanda forever, and, you know, <laughs> all, all, all of that, right? 
All right. So I want you to worship the Lord. If you're going to give an envelope that you worship the Lord and give uh, on your way out. There are no announcements for this week. All activities have been canceled. I'm asking any ministry meetings to be held virtually or via conference call. Uh, our church offices are open this week. So if there's some business or things you need to take care of, our staff will be here. And those who would not be on campus will be working from home. Um, we will let you know by Thursday what we're doing next week. Again, this situation is fluid. So we'll let you know whether we're going to have um, service or not. Right now, it looks like we're going to postpone the celebration of our church anniversary. The picnic has been postponed. All of the activities surrounding our church anniversary and I have the guest preacher scheduled to come in. I'll talk to him this week. But it looks like we'll be moving everything um, probably to April right after Easter. And we'll celebrate our church anniversary then and see where we are. And if not, we'll push it back a little bit further. Amen? Amen. But I want to thank you for coming out today. Um, I pray that you've been blessed. I pray that you've been encouraged to continue on in this journey. For those of you who are streaming with us, thank you so much. Um, I, I heard a very alarming story, and so I uh, really want you to be careful. And, and if you have parents or grandparents, this is very important. I don't know if you saw the story on CNN of uh, the couple who was in their 80s who went to the supermarket, and they were afraid to get out of their car because they've heard all of the reports of those who are 80 and above being the most susceptible along with those who have respiratory illnesses and the like and they needed to get some groceries and they were afraid to get out of their car and they asked the young lady who was walking in the parking lot if she would go buy some food for them and they gave her a list and a hundred dollars and she went and did it and came back and posted the story and it's gotten a lot of uh, followings but here's my point Two things. One, I want to make sure that that never happens to anybody who is part of our church family. So if you know somebody, um, the number, you can find it on our Facebook post. I posted yesterday, and there's a number that's listed there for our director of membership, Reverend Bell. If you have a need, um, if, if you're feeling ill or you need somebody to check on you, whatever the case may be, Please call that number so we can make sure you're taken care of. If you need groceries, the food pantry will be open this week. And so if you need groceries, uh, let us know. If you need something delivered, we'll deliver it to you. Um, I talked to one of our members, and, and you know, I'm, I'm of the old school, right? So I'm used to going to the store. And then I was reminded that you can call and get groceries delivered. And, you know, I talked to one lady and, and her family, her children live out of town. And I asked her, I said, man, do you need anything? You okay? And she said, oh, yeah, my sons, they called and had groceries delivered for me and I'm, I'm good to go. And I was like, wow, that's nice technology, right? <laughs> Get groceries delivered. You don't even have to stand in line. I know you want to check it and feel it and squeeze it. I understand. You <laughs> want to do your own shopping. I got you. But... For those who are in need and just need something, you can order as well. All right? But let's make sure we, we take care of each other. Make sure we check on one another. Uh, make sure you err on the side of caution. So if you have that cough, if you're feeling bad, make sure you do what you need to do to take care of yourself. 
Last week when I met with the, uh, and talked to a couple of the health officials from the city of Houston, you know, when they were talking about some of the things that you should do, like covering your mouth when you cough and sneeze and, and all that stuff. And I was like, man, that's just good manners, you know. Like wash your hands. Yeah, wash your hands, you know. Wash your hands. Soap and water is good to use if you can't find hand sanitizers and the like. So just make sure you do your part, all right? Everybody good? All right. Those of you who worshiped electronically and giving, God bless. Those of you who are going to give, just do so on your way out. Let's stand. Let's get ready to go down from this place. Father, thank you for today. Thank you for your word. Thank you for just the ability of us to come together and just to see one another and socialize and share our love with one another and encourage our faith in you. And I just pray now that as we leave this place, we will never leave your presence. Watch over us. Uh, we know this is a fluid situation. It is ever-changing and ever-evolving. But may our faith always be strong and secure in you. Uh, give us wisdom and guidance as a church family and as church leaders that we would do what needs to be done in order to ensure the best safety practices for our congregation. We love you and we thank you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Hey, hey. I love you. Bye-bye. Love you. All right. Take care. God bless.
your heart is 